0: Welcome to all the news the mainstream media don't want you to hear about. Speaking of, Sidney Powell has a biblical lawsuit coming which accuses Georgia Governor Kemp of deal with Dominion. Dominion, as you may know, is a ballot machine company. This is from Newsmax TV and is by Eric Mack. Levying explosive claims of widespread voter fraud specifically tied to Dominion voting systems and potentially a pay-for-play scheme with GOP Governor Brian Kemp, Trump campaign lawyer Sidney Powell on Newsmax TV vowed to deliver a biblical voter fraud case this week. We've got tons of evidence. It's so much it's hard to pull it all together, Powell told Saturday night's The Count, co-hosted by Rob Schmidt and Mark Halperin, teasing the explosive allegation of the Georgia governor in a contested and key battleground state. Hopefully this week we will get it ready to file and it will be biblical. It's a massive project to pull this fraud claim together with the evidence that I want to put in, she added. Among the most explosive claims alluded to by Powell were... Joe Biden votes being weighted at 1.25 times and President Donald Trump votes being parsed at three-fourths. Algorithms that gave Democrats 35,000 extra votes, and that's just in Georgia. Modifications made to voting machines after statutory cutoff dates for changes. Past election victories, including Hillary Clinton's primary victory over Senator Bernie Sanders being forced decided by Dominion voting systems. She also said that Bernie was told about this and chose to do nothing about it. Alleged pay-for-play kickbacks to public officials, potentially even Georgia GOP Governor Kemp, for a late grant to use Dominion voting systems. Georgia is probably going to be the first state I'm going to blow up, Powell said rhetorically with her pending lawsuits alleging massive voter fraud
1: we're very clear on the law and the facts on multiple issues and we haven't even begun to present the big fraud case yet that i am still working on and it's going to be a blockbuster frankly the affidavits we've already introduced are hardcore evidence they're first-hand testimony of witnesses who saw how and why the system was created and how it worked to accomplish the objective for Hugo Chavez. There are people who saw ballots being destroyed. We've got evidence from people who saw fake ballots being created. We've got all kinds of different evidence. And then we've got the statistical and mathematical evidence that's absolutely irrefutable. I mean, a coin doesn't land on the same side when you flip it 186,000 times. You can't just inject 86,000 Biden votes and expect anybody to believe those are real. And they're not. When we we see. No matter how you analyze the statistics, whether it's a predictive model or the actual data as it comes in, it, it doesn't hold water. There are hundreds of thousands of people in our criminal system right now in prison
2: who were convicted on far less evidence. Of guilt than we have here. There have been warnings about this system. We were talking about it earlier, Sydney. I mean, you had Senators Warren and Klobuchar uh, that, that made a big stink about the 2018 midterms, saying that they don't trust Dominion, that they saw evidence that, that votes could be switched using these systems. These are Democrats, but now they can literally drag and drop hundreds of thousands of
1: votes wherever they want them.
2: I mean, that's and, just... and
1: that's they. Everybody knew when they bought this system, and that was one of the features of the system. We've caught people lying now and saying that things that happened that ran people out of voting areas, and uh, we've got tons of evidence. I just it's so much it's hard to pull it all together another benefit dominion was created to award is what i would call election insurance that's why hugo chavez had it created in the first place but i also wonder where he got the technology where it actually came from because i think it's hammer and scorecard from the cia but hopefully
2: this week we will we will get it ready to file city what's and it it will it will be biblical biblical. You also talked about this ability of the system, and I thought this was so interesting when you said it, that it can take a vote and it can make a vote for Biden worth more than a vote for Trump. Do you think that that happened or is that another part of the system that maybe wasn't used?
1: No, I think that definitely happened. I think that was the first step with the system to weight the votes so that a Biden vote is worth 1.23, say, and a a Trump vote is worth the, the rest of that. Uh, And so the Trump vote is about three quarters and the Biden vote is one and a quarter. You can see the reports and the records of fractional numbers for the votes. It's nuts. They're dragging and dropping files of votes from one person to another instead of just stuffing paper ballots in the ballot box. But exhibits were attached, for example, to Lynn Wood's complaint in Georgia Mm. that are are remarkable and stunning, including the affidavit of the young man from Venezuela who saw Hugo Chavez create how they did the software, hire people to do it and get it done, and then how it worked to make sure he won every election thereafter. That's what it's designed to do. Their their own handbook tells you that these things are features of their system. Are we supposed to think they didn't use the features? Heck no, they used them.
2: And And they used them
1: against their own candidates. The Democrats used them against Bernie Sanders in 2016. And somebody even told him what had been done to him when Hillary Clinton won that primary, and he didn't. And instead of standing up for the American people and the right to vote, He sold out.
2: You're saying Dominion, the the Smartmatic Dominion system was used in 2016 when Hillary beat Bernie in the primary? Yes. Wow. I don't think we had heard that yet. That's, that's, that's That's an incredible development right there. And you say he knows that. Bernie Sanders knows that.
1: Yes. The person who sent me the data told me that they informed Bernie Sanders of all their findings and he didn't do anything except get enough money to buy another fabulous house. Wow. I'm telling you, it's been used for both parties. One of the big problems is that we don't know who was elected by buying their election through Dominion. Democratic Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney wrote the, tre- the Treasury Secretary about this very issue in 2003, I think it was. 17 so years So people ago. have been complaining about it, and the government's done absolutely nothing except whatever it wants to do. So who is really pulling the strings here? and choosing the american officials pursuant to this system because it's not the people of the united states of america and that's supposed to be who it is
0: now we come to the main course a counterpunch article titled u.s ruling class wins again by jeff mackler on the joseph biden side of the 2020 capitalist election spectacle stood the military establishment albeit quietly, including Trump's Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Millay, and Trump's Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, the latter fired by Trump a few days after the President's November 3rd election defeat. Trump's now-muted, ever-diminishing, pre-election coup threat to refuse a peaceful transition should he lose had no takers in the military, not to mention in his own cabinet. VP Mike Pence made sure to follow Trump's post-election podium bluster that he had won with assurances that no such claim was credible until the votes were counted. That's an interesting statement after what Sidney Powell just said. Both Millay and Esper had balked in June at Trump's threat to invoke the 1807 Insurrection Act to quell Black Lives Matter and all other protests across the country. Not at this time, they repeatedly insisted, in contrast to the moron Trump's threats and insistence that this was the time. While few among the ruling rich discounted Trump's incessant threats, no section believed that a military solution to the mass anti-racist protests that mobilized an unprecedented 16 to 26 million in the streets in 2,000 plus cities and towns following the police murder of George Floyd was necessary. They had other means in mind to corral the mass hatred of society's systemic racism into safe channels. The Democratic Party, the historic graveyard of social movements, was and remains their first choice. Trump had warned on June 1st in a White House Rose Garden speech as federal law enforcement officers fired rubber bullets and noxious chemical gases at peaceful White House area protesters that if the nation's governors don't call up National Guard troops to dominate the streets, I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them. To make his point, de minimus... The bragging demagogue sent a relative handful of plainclothes federal officials to Portland and Minneapolis to momentarily arrest and disappear small groups of peaceful protesters, only to be repudiated by local and state officials. Shortly after, both Malay and Esper publicly repudiated having escorted Trump, Bible in hand, from the White House to nearby St. Peter's Church for a one-minute photo op aimed at displaying his military might. Trump literally posed himself as under the command of his military establishment, with a momentarily intimidated Malay dressed up in combat fatigues, playing along as if Trump had actually invoked the 1807 Act. This next point I've made on this show before, Democrats had more generals than Trump. Biden's VP running mate, the pro-corporate and tough-on-crime cop-in-chief California Attorney General Kamala Harris bragged during her pre-election debate with VP Pence that her Democrats had more generals and national security officials on Biden's side than Trump's Republicans. The Democrats, ever-publishing lists of military tops and defecting Republicans, made no bones about who they looked to for credibility. The FBI and CIA, the new Cold War Russiagate establishment, similarly lent their weight to Biden, as did the vast majority of the corporate media. Biden's red-baiting Democrats and their FBI-slash-CIA friends nevertheless repeatedly proved incapable of proving that Russia had spent a dime supporting Trump, not to mention Putin's government stealing or tampering with U.S. ballot boxes. This is me speaking. It appears to me that the Democrats are fine with tampering with U.S. ballot boxes and need no help whatsoever from the Russians. Less than a week after the election, Trump signaled his intention to boot the FBI and CIA directors while he replaced defecting or equivocating NSA and Pentagon officials with more reliable toadies. The nation's billionaire class weighed in on Biden's side, according to Forbes magazine, with 131 of the super-rich contributing generously to Biden and a paltry 93 to Trump. The 2020 election contest included a record spending of $13.3 billion, nearly double the amount spent in 2016, with Biden outspending Trump in the last months by a factor of 2 to 1. Republican stalwarts support Biden, well-known Republican establishment figures like former President George W. Bush, warmonger-in-chief for his two terms of service for the ruling rich, joined the Biden team. Bush's presidential credentials included his ownership of the Texas Rangers baseball team, plus a few posts that he assumed by virtue of his lineage to his multi-billionaire Cold War father, President George H.W. Bush, whose bona fides included being the CIA's director-in-chief. Biden's team included former bodybuilder and film star Republican Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was promoted to the California governorship by the then world's richest corporation, General Electric, and via his personal ties to the Kennedy clan. Dear viewers and listeners, here's the painful part. Biden's coalition included all wings of the Democratic Party, including the progressives like Bernie Sanders and the AOC squad, all of whom joined in 2018 and 2020 to support every single Democrat running for election, including the most overtly reactionary. Biden's racist record. Biden's history as the Democrats' long-term designee to align Southern racist segregationists with the North's liberal Democrats was highlighted when he was called upon to eulogize, my friend, the infamous Southern racist Dixiecrat Strom Thurmond in 1994 and more recently. Thurmond's mid-century Dixiecrat platform when he was vying for the Democratic Party's presidential nomination included the following gem. We oppose the elimination of segregation, the repeal of miscegenation statutes, the control of private employment by federal bureaucrats called for by the misnamed Civil Rights Program. Indeed, Biden was chosen for the VP slot when he was Obama's running mate due to his established skills in aligning to the Democratic Party the same Southern racist bigots, today disguised with labels like conservative or centrist or blue dog Democrats. The latter term alludes to a dog being left out in the cold, the Democratic Party mainstream, so long that it turns blue. This wing of the Democrats, today representing some 26 members of Congress, includes ever defecting or threatening to defect to the Republicans, politicians who the mainstream Democrats need to hold on to their narrow House majority. Movement for Black Lives presses for Biden. The Biden campaign witnessed the Democrats' ongoing capacity to capture promising social struggles, as was the case with the Black Lives Matter movement and its associated movement for Black Lives, M4BL. The latter's self-appointed and largely corporate Democratic Party-funded leaders shepherded unwary Black anti-racist activists and their supporters among white youth into Biden's reactionary camp, lock, stock, and barrel. From the online M4BL-sponsored Black National Convention to the Al Sharpton-initiated March on Washington to literally every elected Black Democrat in the country, the promising mass mobilizations against ongoing police brutality and murder and against U.S. systemic racism were turned to the Biden campaign. The precondition for membership was to obliterate Biden's past racist record and to recast his image as a virtual crusader for black equality. Malcolm X said it well in describing the black Democrats of his time as cigars. That is, fire on one end and fool on the other. Today's black Democratic Party officials... Black Agenda Report editor Glenn Ford calls them the black misleadership class are far from fools but rather the conscious agents of capitalism who have taken on the assignment of herding the oppressed into the master's corrupt vote hustling machine for a price of course, perhaps a corporate grant or a future petty post in the machine. Tragically, the same holds for the misleadership of the large Latino community and the hardened bureaucracy of today's ever-declining trade union movement. They and thousands of corporate-funded NGOs, non-governmental organizations, played the sheep herding role to the hilt and will be expected to continue to do so. Richard Trumpka's toothless AFL-CIO for but a few vague promises to throw a future bone to his tail-wagging, whimpering bureaucrats can be expected to do the same. In the absence of anything resembling an independent working class break from capitalist politics, a fighting Labor Party in alliance with all the exploited and oppressed, the trade union vote split 60-40 between Biden and Trump. Biden's racist imperialist record disappeared. Disappeared from these sheep-herding politicians and bureaucrats discourse was Biden's key role in crafting the overtly racist crime bills virtually authored by police unions that sent millions, majority Black, Latino, and Native Americans to the nation's increasingly privatized for-profit prison industrial complex to work at Fortune 500 corporations at slave wages. Biden was compelled to offer up a few words of apology for this mistake as he did for his support for the Iraq War, an imperialist mass slaughter that murdered one and a half million Iraqis justified by lies of Iraq possessing weapons of mass destruction. Biden's admitted mistakes were taken for good coin by so-called progressives because they had once again found a greater evil to oppose. I'll break in here and say that that's really the main reason I started this channel. People need to understand that lesser evil voting is what got us into this mess in the first place. Disappeared from the progressives rhetoric were the Obama administration's multi-trillion dollar corporate bailouts via quantitative easing, printing money, and gifting it to the corporate elite at near zero interest rates. Disappeared were the Obama-Biden bloated military budgets and their seven simultaneous imperialist wars for profit and plunder against poor and oppressed nations. Wedded to the marrow to solve capitalism's ever-deepening crises at the expense of working people, the Obama-Biden administration came to office with majorities in both houses of Congress and proved incapable of advancing the interests of the vast majority. Obama-Biden became the world's leading immigrant deporters, frackers, offshore drillers, secret surveillance orchestrators, and warmongers. Elected by their ruling class superiors, they oversaw the deindustrialization of large portions of the country wherein ever-declining U.S. profit rates were to be countered by hiring Chinese or Vietnamese or Mexican workers to operate U.S.-owned plants at a fraction of the labor rates in the U.S., Those plants that remained in the U.S. or were constructed during the Obama-Biden reign were subjected to the ongoing replacement of workers with robots and or with speed-up and cuts in wages, benefits, and pensions. In truth, Obama-Biden laid the basis for what Trump-Pence continued. Trump's reactionary nationalist appeals were aimed at workers whose jobs were eliminated by Obama-Biden and their predecessors. Trump's promises notwithstanding, few, if any, jobs were brought back to the U.S. Progressive Democrats, an oxymoron. Capitalist elections are orchestrated at every level, zero exceptions, by the U.S. ruling class. That is, the tiny multi-billionaire cum-trillionaire class that owns and controls society's key economic, financial, and political institutions. Workers are periodically allowed to cast their votes for one of the two twin partiers of this ruling class. The election game is rigged at every turning point from near zero access of working class parties to the ballot or to the corporate media, not to mention to the multiple billions required for serious participation. The sheer notion that the capitalist democratic party has a progressive wing is utter nonsense progressive Democrat is an oxymoron. Bernie Sanders and the likes of the AOC squad are allowed to participate only because they lend credibility to the charade. They joined the Biden team because to do otherwise would end their spurious claims that the diseased capitalist system can be reformed to meet the needs of the vast majority. They are band-aids on a capitalist system that cannot do otherwise but deepen its degeneracy in extracting yet another pound of flesh for profit regardless of the consequences in human lives. Ideology of the Ruling Class In capitalist society, the dominant or all-pervasive ideology is the ideology of the ruling class, the class whose representatives, fundamental structures, institutions, and corporate media control the dissemination of ideas. It is only when mass forces in struggle emerge among capitalism's victims, led by conscious fighters with a clear counter-vision, that's us people! Led by conscious fighters with a clear countervision to capitalism's endless justification for its continued minority rule that the Truman Show Potemkin Village fantasy world is challenged at its core. That time is rapidly approaching as capitalism's ever intensifying inherent crises compel countless millions to challenge its very right to exist. Within days of Biden's victory, he and his associates have already sounded a major retreat from the pathetic and empty few promises they were able to muster. Today, we hear Biden speaking of a renewed bipartisanship, of an America where everyone's needs are met, where compromises with the Republicans are the order of the day. Emerging class polarization. The 2020 elections revealed a growing polarization in US society registered in the votes alone. Both capitalist candidates received the highest popular vote totals ever, Biden with some 79 million voters, including some 87% of the black population, and Trump with 73 million voters, including a majority of white voters. That the majority of white voters again cast their vote for Trump and the Republicans was no surprise, although a number of these had previously been Obama voters or voted for Trump because they believed, falsely, that he would return lost top-wage jobs to de regions as opposed to their present employment at near-poverty wages brought on by the Democrats. Make note of that, people. Brought on by the Democrats. The record keepers tout the fact that 65% of the eligible electorate participated, up from the 55% in 2016, The 35% who did not vote, however, were deemed by pollsters to be people who were disillusioned with the system itself and or people who believed, correctly, that their vote made no difference. Another 10 to 12 million were banned from the rigged process entirely because they were immigrants without papers. Millions more were disenfranchised by court rulings because they were ex-felons. Additional millions were victims of a broad range of voter suppression measures aimed at students and the communities of the oppressed more generally. No doubt, significant layers of the white population, including workers and small business people, have been influenced by Trump's racist and anti-immigrant scapegoating, believing that the most oppressed, rather than the exploiting ruling class elite, were responsible for their ever-declining standard of living and decreasing economic security. Many others, however, voted for the Republicans because they saw the Democrats as catering to the giant corporations that sent their jobs overseas. Ding, ding, ding. A tiny few, relegated to small clusters of neo-fascist-like thugs and related hate group provocateurs, no doubt took sustenance from Trump's racist vitriol and cop disposition to ignore their violent attacks on peaceful protesters. Broad left capitulation to lesser evilism. Tragically, the 2020 elections witnessed the near collapse of the socialist left with one after another party or group crossing the class line to join Biden's lesser evil camp. And especially after their touted democratic socialist standard bearer, Bernie Sanders, another capitalist candidate with a carefully crafted Don Quixote image was unceremoniously eviscerated in the course of the Democratic Party primaries. Sanders, thrown under the billionaire-financed oncoming Biden bus denouncing socialism and all of Sanders' modest proposed reforms of an unreformable capitalist monstrosity, stayed the course as he had promised to the end, perhaps with a future seat at Biden's cabinet table pending his agreement to maintain the fiction of the viability of bore from within the monster and proceed as usual to champion the lesser evil. Okay, people, this was a difficult pill to swallow. If there is anything unfair or untrue about this article, I would love it if you could help me debunk it. At this point, though, I can't think of any.